Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. There is so much news going on on Wall Street right now that it's hard to be able to pinpoint almost everything that's going on today. In fact, Wall Street's extremely happy. And you can tell because the Dow's been up for the third straight day. It reminds me of the political cartoon that you might have seen once on social media where it shows a guy on the phone and he says, I've got a stock here that could do that could really excel. And then it shows a bunch of Wall Street bankers being like, really excel, excel. And then it leads to sell. And then everyone's panicking, being like, sell, 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 sell. And then finally there's a dude who's like, this is madness. I can't take it anymore. Goodbye. And then people are hearing goodbye, bye, bye. And then all of a sudden everyone Wall Street's saying, bye, 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 bye. That's Wall Street today. There is so much news going on right now, like I said earlier, that Wall Street seems to be forgetting virtually everything that's happening right now. And honestly, it's kind of mind-boggling to think. And in fact, we're going to potentially today in today's podcast have to break it into two segments because there's so much news that is happening today that we want to be able to cover as much as we can and be able to cover the points because this week is a lot of earnings are coming out in, in general. Apple in particular reports Thursday, Microsoft reports at the end of the bell today. And yeah, we got to be able to talk about here on this podcast because there's just a lot of craziness that's happening out there. First off, Today, the first part of this podcast day, we're going to be talking about two things. Apple in particular, because there's a lot of news coming out for Apple, from both from its streaming services to a potential potential earnings, what we might see from one of its manufacturer components. And they're tightening up some rules too for Apple on its app store. Then we also have some news that we got to talk about in the energy markets, both of the transportation of gas to Europe and the EV markets. And a thought I currently had when I was thinking about today's podcast, getting ready for it. So with that being said, I have to remind you all that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape or form. Everything I talk about in this podcast is for information purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing in any company as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Your professional advisor would actually know a lot better than I would your own financial situation. I cannot legally give you any financial advice. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and information purposes for those who wish to listen. I have to admit this too right now. I do have a long position in Apple stock currently right now. It's a short position, but it is a long position. So, but I cannot legally give you financial advice and you need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money in the stock market. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast. First off, there was some news that came out towards the end of the market day yesterday, and it kind of slipped under the radar because it was towards the end of the day of the market, but it's from the tech industry first. It has to do with Apple. Apple raises prices on its TV and music streaming services. Okay, From CNBC, Apple on Monday increased monthly and annual subscription prices in the US for its streaming services, Apple TV Plus and Apple Music. It also raised prices for Apple One, its bundle. Now a monthly individual subscription to Apple Music costs $10.99 versus the previous cost of $9.99. Competitor Spotify currently starts at $9.99 a month. Access to Apple TV Plus costs $6.99 per month, more than the previous price at $4.99 per month. Apple TV Plus has been competitive priced 
against other streaming services, some of which have also raised prices in the recent months. It also has a smaller library of content. Competitor Disney Plus starts at $7.99 a month, while Netflix starts at $9.99 a month. But the ad-supported service is $6.99 a month in the works for Netflix. Apple also raised annual subscription prices for those services and raised the entry-level cost for Apple One, which adds storage and the arcade gaming service from $14.95 to $16.95. International markets and some other bundles will see similar price increases. The price hikes come during a period of rapid inflation around the world that is forcing businesses to raise prices while still attempting to preserve consumer demand. The increase has also blustered the revenue from Apple's rapidly growing service businesses, which reported $16.9 billion in sales during the June quarter. But Apple warned that the service business growth would slow in September quarter, partially because of a strong dollar. Apple Music and Apple TV Plus are a small part of Apple services business, which also includes the service licensing, licensing fee, hardware warranties, app store sales, and other businesses. The change of Apple Music is due to the increase in licensing costs, and in turn, artists and songwriters will earn more for the streaming of their music, said Apple in a statement. We also continue to add innovation features that make Apple Music the world's best listening experience. We introduced Apple TV at the very low price because we started with just a few shows and movies. Three years later, Apple TV is home to an extensive selection of award-winning and broadly acclaimed series, featured films, documentaries, and kids and family entertainment from the world's most creative storytellers. You know, Wall Street was talking earlier before we started this podcast about how Spotify releases earnings. I think it was today after the bell. And that they were looking into Spotify to see how the ad revenue business is going well. Snapchat got destroyed the other day, as we had mentioned on this podcast. And I have to say, this is going to be interesting to see where Apple's at too when they report earnings on Thursday. Now, granted, there's their Apple Music, Apple Podcast isn't a huge revenue boost for them. I mean, it makes enough money for them to to make like a decent chunk of, chunk of change on the side. But it's still interesting to see that. Wall Street's focusing on Spotify, but they're not focusing on this part of the segment for Apple. They're probably more focused on the hardware side of things for Apple, which is fine because that's where Apple makes a bulk of their money. But it's interesting to just, like I said, to see that they're raising prices now across the board. And then what that means for advertising revenue for their Apple podcasts. And honestly, I mean, when if we are in this recession that they keep telling me we are, then we're going to see ad revenues potentially down, especially in Apple podcast or Apple music across the board. So it'd be interesting to see when they report earnings, if what they say in that report is going to determine what, where the stock go, currently goes. But with that being said, we also have more news from Apple, which is really mind boggling that Wall Street hasn't taken this into effect, especially today. If you look at Apple stock currently right now, it's up at least at the time of the recording of this podcast. And Apple's, and this is the news that's being reported, at least. Apple glass supplier Corning Ward's smartphone and tablet sales slowed during this corner. Okay. Corning's stock fell over 4% on Tuesday morning after the company reported a weaker than expected outlook for the current quarter, blaming slow smartphone glass sales. Corning makes a variety of different components and supplies many of the top electronic companies like Samsung and Apple, which report earnings this week, amid concerns over slowing consumer electronic sales. But there's optimism that slowing electric sales won't hurt the high end of the market as much as the less expensive devices. Corning says it expected $3.55 billion in core or adjusted sales for the fourth quarter, short of fact set analysis consensus on $3.75 billion. 
The company said that it would wait to see positive signs before telling investors about future recovery in the business. In the quarter ending in September, Corning saw smartphone unit sales decline 14% on the annual basis and tablet and notebook demand fall 17%. Corning CEO Wendell Weeks said on the earnings call, he added that annual automotive production is also behind his previous expected pace. Quote, so now the question is, when will the glass market recover, asked Weeks. My answer is we would like to see additional positive evidence before we guide a robust recovery in glass demand. Corning's big, biggest business is making cables and components for fiber optic systems, which grew 16% to $1.31 billion during the quarter. But the company saw a 28% decline, annual decline during the quarter to $687 million in sales. And the displays technology division, which makes glass for smartphones and other computer displays. And the consumer electronics slowdown doesn't seem to be getting better this year, Weeks said. Quote, we now expect smartphones to be down 12% for the year. And we expect the year-over-year decline in smartphone, notebook, and tablets to be greater in the second half of the f- than in the first half. Coming reported third quarter sales of $3.49 billion under facts set consensus of $3.66 billion and adjusted earnings per share of $0.51 cents in line of the expectations. So I'm wondering if Apple services is going to be what's going to save Apple if their sales are down by 14% and hence why the stock is climbing right now. Because if they're saying that they're going to be down 14% potentially, that means Apple stock should maybe go down by 7%. I mean, maybe, because if they're claiming that, maybe Apple's other suppliers or maybe they had too much of an abundance of the glass back in the day. And Apple did cancel a lot of their... I think manufacturing some of their phones too. So the fact that there's this warning and yet Wall Street's not even batting an eye over it is raising some concerns, at least in my opinion. I mean, Apple's still Apple. They have a bunch of cash on hand, most likely. And obviously they've expanded their business model. So it's more than just hardware. So it's going to be interesting. We need to keep an eye out for this report. And the last thing that Apple's reporting too for today at least, Apple tightened its its rules on crypto and NFTs in App Store. I didn't even know Apple sold NFTs in crypto. So this makes Apple more intriguing in the, at the end of the day. It says, Apple clarified its rules on cryptocurrencies and non-fungible uh, tokens, NFTs, lay out what apps are allowed to do and with these technologies. On crypto exchange, Apple said it updated App Store rules on Monday. The apps may facilitate transactions or transmissions of cryptocurrencies on approved exchange. But the app can only be offered in countries or regions where the licensing and permission is to operate crypto exchange. Apps may not have their own mechanisms to unlock content or functionality to the cryptocurrencies or cryptocurrency wallets. Apple has clarified the rules on NFTs, which can be digital representative and real-life assets such as artwork and are usually purchased using cryptocurrency. The guidance says apps may use an app purchases to sell NFTs and sell services related to them, much as minting, listening, and other transferring of these tokens. Apps can, can also allow users to browse NFT collections owned by owners so long as the apps do not include buttons, external links, or other calls to action that direct consumers to purchasing mechanisms other than the in-app purchases. All of this means that sort of trading services for NFTs must use Apple's in-app payment mechanism. Apple takes an up to 30% cut in app payments. While this does not ban NFTs in any way, it does put a major restriction on any uh, correction, restrictions on the kind of services that can be offered involving NFTs. Given the 30% slice Apple takes, users can view NFTs 
they own within an app provided the token does not unlock features of functionality within the app. Users often buy NFTs as a way as an access exclusive parts of a services or even a sort of membership card for an app. But Apple is saying some of it will not be allowed. And last thing we'll read, it says Apple's 30% cut has long been criticized by app makers who accuse the technology giant of running a monopoly over in-app purchases. Apple argues the control over the app store allows it to ensure the security of apps and payments. It also said that the app store has birthed a successful app ecosystem, allowing developers to make money. Yeah. So much news going on with Apple. And I think that's one reason why Wall Street has its head in the clouds right now. They're in the clouds saying nothing's wrong. Everything's great. So I can't wait for these numbers to come out Thursday. And I expect potentially tomorrow when there's more news coming out that there's going to be more news on Apple. As as we get closer to those earnings, expect more news potentially from Apple coming forward. But it's just interesting right now. Their, their, their fellow supplier for their glasses for the glass on the apple smart tablets or not smart tablets on the on the ipads or their phones they're saying that apple's going to be declining and that the glass industry hasn't recovered so we're going to find out on thursday who's right at the end of the day on to the energy markets now this is a report from the state of freight from cnbc and this was published after the market had closed at least i believe it was it says a wave of LNG tankers is overwhelming Europe at energy crisis and hitting natural gas prices. Okay. It says the U.S. is exporting more LNG to Europe as a result of Russia's war in Ukraine and cuts made to natural gas supplies ahead of winter. There have been a buildup of LNG vessels waiting to unload at ports with Europe infrastructure, unable to handle the increase of LNG shipments. 60 LNG tankers have been idling or slowly sailing around Northwest Europe the Mediterranean and Iberian Peninsula, according to marine traffic. One is anchored at the Suez Canal. Eight LNG vessels that came from the U.S. are underway in Spain port. The wave of LNG tankers have overwhelmed the ability of the European regasification facilities to upload the cargo in a timely manner, said Andrew Lipol, president of Lipo Oil Associates. These, de- these delays postponed the tankers return to the Gulf Coast of the United States to pick up the next load, according to Lipo. As a result, natural gas inventories rise more than the market expected. The underlying infrastructure issued is a lack of European regasification capacity due to a storage of regasification plants and pipeline re- connecting countries that have regasification facilities. As a result, the amount of LNG on the water floating storage increases and in turn drives down the price of natural gas. Yeah, I don't think that's going to drive down the price of natural gas. I think it's going to end up raising it at the end of the day. And the only reason I say that is if they can't get it out and they there's a demand for gas being consumed right now, how is that going to cause prices to go down? Unless they're thinking like, oh, once we get it out of these ships, then it will cause our prices to go down. But if you look at the map currently right now that they post on CNBC, it shows like literally, you can see, and, and I would advise looking this up if you can, there's a lot of dots all over the Atlantic Ocean, the Mediterranean, and North Europe. And there's surprisingly, there's even one near Russia, but we won't, we won't worry about that one. But there's a lot of tankers in the ocean that are carrying this gas to Europe currently right now. I mean, they're saying here too, it says Europe gas storage continues to rise and now exceeds 93% said a manager director of global oil and gas for the Clearview Energy Partners of LLC. A lot of gas is out there and it's good to see that Europe's getting it. But at the end of the day, if they can't get it out in time and if they're having backlogs like we're facing here in the United States with our own shipments right now, 
Wouldn't that eventually cause gas prices to go up too in Europe? Unless they have so much gas coming in now that they don't need to worry about it. Who knows? It's hard to it's hard to tell. But what's also, there's more energy news and has to do with in Europe as well with France. From the sustainable energy from CNBC. France enters white gold rush as top producer aims to supply Europe with lithium. I didn't know France had a lithium production center. So this gets interesting with France. It says Paris headquarter minerals giant Im- Emrias plans to develop a lithium extraction project that is hoped that will meet the demand and secure supply for Europe's emerging electric vehicle market. In a statement Monday, the company said in the ME project would be located at a site of the center of France with the company targeting 34,000 metric tons of lithium hydrodoxide production each year from from 2028. According to the business, this levels of production would be enough to equip equip approximately 700,000 electric vehicles per year. Alongside of use in cell phones, computers, tablets, and a host of other gadgets uh, synonymous with modern life, lithium, which has, has been dubbed the white gold, is crucial in the batteries that power electric vehicles. This project being planned by uh, Imerius, I think that's how you say it, Imerius, Imerius, I think that's how you say it, Imerius, is taking shape at a time when the major e- economies like the EU are looking to ramp up the number of electric vehicles on the roads. The EU plans to stop the sale of new diesel and gasoline cars and vans from 2035. Okay, so there's another area of the world where gasoline cars are going to be canceled. We know right now in California, it's going to be ending. In New York, it's going to be ending. And now the EU is on the chopping block too for gasoline powered cars. So the UK, which left in the EU on January 31st, 2020, is pursuing similar targets. And yeah, we've talked about the UK, I believe, as well on this podcast. With demand for lithium rising, the European Union, of which France is a member, is attempting to shore up its own supplies and reduce dependency on other parts of the world. And the translation of her State of the Union speech last month, European Commission President said lithium and rare earths will soon be more important than oil and gas. As well as addressing security of supply, uh, von der Leyen, who also switched between several languages during her speech, also stressed the importance of processing. Today, China controls the global processing industry. She said almost 90% of rare earths and 60% of lithium are produced in China. Yeah, it would be produced in South America if the South American countries can get their acts together and be able to actually drill. But sadly, that's where the biggest one is located. It's somewhere in South America, not China. But the sad thing is we can't get to it because no one was willing to put in the the financials down in South America to be able to drill for it. So continuing on the article, it says, so with the identify, with identify, identify strategic projects all along the supply chain, from extracting and refining, from processing to recycling, she added, we will build up strategic reserves where supply is at risk. Back in France, Emery says that it's financing what is described as a technical scoping study in order to explore various operation, operational options and refine geo, geological and industrial aspects related to lithium extraction and processing methods. You know, they say it's the new gold in the making. It's going to be more valuable than oil. I still personally believe the chip industry is going to be more valuable soon than the lithium industry. And the only reason I say that is chips are needed when you have to make the cars and chips are also needed for the military side of of, things as well. We've read about how there's alliances happening because of the chip industry. 
I'm not reading reports of alliances being formed because China owns most of the lithium control in the world. I mean, if countries really wanted to, they would mine their own lithium if they really wanted to. If it's really the new oil, oil still rules the world in some way, shape or form, at least for now. But it got me thinking last night as I was doing some research for this podcast today, because like I always do, I try to see if there's any big news that I'll miss from the night before, because by the time I wake up in the morning to start recording, a lot of news has been thrown out the window because you had a lot of stuff that happens in the Asian markets and the European markets. And so it's good to be able to freshen up on some things the night before to figure out what's happening. But I thought I had, as I was doing some research, I said, you know, they're making a giant push for the average consumer to get electric vehicles. And then this thought occurred to me. I said, are militaries going to be getting involved in electric vehicles as well? Because if they are, how's that going to change wars potentially? How is that going to change how we look at things? And then I found this from October 7th. U.S. Department of Defense embracing electric military vehicles using GM's Ultima platform. Tactical military vehicles are about to get electric upgrade. GM Defense, a business unit of General Motors focusing on advanced defense mobility needs, was selected by the Defense Innovation Unit to develop a battery pack that would be used to functional electric military cars. The need to reduce our reliance on fossil fuels and transition to clean energy alternatives is becoming more evident as on practical unpredictable weather events, including extreme heat, drought, flood, hurricanes, etc., continue to intensify across the globe. When these events happen, it directly affects the Department of Defense, which includes the U.S. Army, Navy, Marines, and Air Force. The government agencies is tasked with providing national security, including from the results of climate change. Former U.S. Secretary of Defense Chuck Hagel called the climate crisis a threat multiplier, which can exacerbate other issues, such as infectious diseases that can impact operations. And it's funny because... If I remember correctly, when those floods happened, you still needed gas to be able to get around. And now our military is looking, at least in the United States, is looking to get into electric vehicles. I mean, I could imagine that order. It's like, soldier, you are expected to arrive at this area in something hundred hours. Take your electric vehicles with you and make sure you bring a charging plug with you because we might not be able to provide you with electricity as you get farther into the enemy's lines. I think it's a little ridiculous because I mean, electric vehicles in war, I, I just don't see it currently right now. I mean, the U S government's going to be spending this money to now probably fund to get electric vehicles in there right now, because what's also interesting too, I actually would did a little bit more research into why electric vehicles could be bad for the military. And I found this article from getjerry.com. Okay. Now, granted, this might be just their opinion at the end of the day, but it's still an interesting read to look at. It says, there are certainly benefits to making the switch to electric vehicles for the army fleet. The vehicles would be quieter than their gas power counterparts. Electric engines don't run on the same risk as catching fire as gas engines. The army will not be changing to electric just yet. Now, granted, this was made in 2021. It's now 2022. Though EVs may take several hours to charge while refueling, the gas only takes minutes. Building enough charging stations to power the entire army fleet would require significant time and resources. This leaves the army in a difficult position. At some point, as the world vehicles become increasingly electric, the army will likely have to make the switch. For now, gas is reliable and much easier to stick with its fleet status quo. Electric tanks and Humvees have seen 
like a distant idea right now. However, they may be more particular as other vehicles like electric vans make their way into the market. Everyday drivers also weigh on the pros and cons of switching to EV from the initial price to easy of charging. Yeah, I don't see electric vehicles becoming a thing for the for the military in all honestly. That's something I wish someone would ask a uh, a a, a president-elect in the making or just any any politician who's like, we need to go green. We need to get more electric cars out there. I really want someone to ask them, be like, so does that mean the military is going to change? I honestly wonder if that's something they've thought about. They've been making such a giant push on the average American to switch to electric that I don't even think they've thought about their own military. I mean, can you imagine you're in war if, if you are a soldier and you're having to drive an electric vehicle? Granted, it's quieter, right? But then you run out of gas. Then it's like, okay, like let's go plug in our car, which will take who knows how long to charge. Not only that, but if I become a country and I realize, hmm, my enemy has to charge up their vehicles. Why don't I just turn off my power grid? <laughs> Honestly, I, I just don't see that working in the long run. I just don't. Going back to Electrek, though, for the on the news about the electric vehicles, it says one of our primary focuses in the campaign is introducing functional military electric vehicles, the Defense Innovation Unit, a division of the DOD aimed at accelerating advanced technology use throughout the military, announced Thursday. It has chosen GM's ultimate platform to test and analyze for tactical electrical vehicles. You know, U.S. government's going to be using money from taxpayers now to figure out if electric vehicles is the way to go. We'll probably never get the full report when the time comes. It might be one of those future podcasts where I'll be able to be thinking about it one day as I read about electric vehicles and I realize, huh, I wonder if this test ever came through to figure out what they thought about electric vehicles. And then you might get a better idea of what the U.S. government might be potentially thinking about electric vehicles, especially when it comes to its own military. It's kind of funny how the military is looking at it. I guess if you wanted to invest in GM, you could. This isn't financial advice. None of this podcast is financial advice. It's all for entertainment purposes only. But got to remember, just because they're pushing one thing on us, it's do as I say, not as I do. That's how it usually works, right? And the government. So, but yeah, GM is now looking, is now working to the U.S. government to figure out if the electric vehicles can become a thing for the U.S. military. Should be interesting to see. I'll leave it there. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Uh, we got hopefully a second segment coming up, coming shortly with more news and information on what's happening on Wall Street. Hopefully you guys can stick around for today's later podcast as well. Uh, make sure you pay attention. Please share with friends and family as well as we can help grow this podcast as much as possible and be able to spread the word of what's happening on Wall Street or what Wall Street isn't always willing to talk about at times. With that being, being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast and hopefully part two will be coming out very shortly. With that being said, thank you for listening. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>